Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. All right, Ross Tucker coming up again, bottom of the hour, NFL analyst, former Redskin offensive lineman. Uh, let me read you a couple of tweets here from Skip Baseless. <laughs> At worst take. <laughs> he followed me on Twitter, not Skip Bayless. Skip Baseless. At worst take underscore. Uh, yes, Jay Gruden saying Sam Howell was making a case for a franchise quarterback is outlandish. Personal opinion, every NFL player has potential to be superstars in the right opportunity. The question needs to be more definitive. Does Sam Howell look like a franchise quarterback? And the answer is no. Uh, RC said um, that he has Sam Howell as a two or a three on the scale of one to ten. Of eliteness. Ah, that's slow. That's slow. Yeah, baseline should probably be two. Right? And that... That's just about anybody that puts on a uniform, right? I mean, they're, they are NFL quarterbacks. Yeah, by the time you're an NFL quarterback, you're at least, I'd say, right? a four. Okay. I mean, that might be a little rich, but, you know, like... I, it, it, there are some quarterbacks that make yeah. it only a couple games yeah. and never touch and right. then, but I'm saying if you make it more than three or so games starting in the league, yeah. and I, it, not as a starter, you can be a backup, but getting on a field starting a game three or four times, you're above a four because you've proven yourself that you're not a liability. Okay. Um, so RC says two or three. Uh, he said they've had some insanely bad losses, and he's been part of that. That is absolutely true. Takes too many sacks, hold down to the ball too long, runs dumb, and takes too many hits. He's also small and does not have a huge arm. No way you can call him a franchise guy yet. He's still a huge maybe. Uh, huge arm is debatable. I think Sam's got everything he needs to make every throw. The problem is everything else. And... He didn't pull the string a couple of times on big plays down the sideline and even the one to Diami. Enough. Like, and, and those are low percentage plays, and he's close. And if he can pull the string, he can go from, you know, being whatever he is to really good in a heartbeat. But you got to pull the string. Uh, Benjamin says he's currently a five with traits and flashes that say he can be an eight to a nine at some point. I think that's fair. All right, let's go uh, to Paulie, see what Paulie thinks uh, right here on the Team 980. What up, Paulie? How are you? 
L to the W, man. Rufio, what's going on, my What guy? up, Paulie? How are you? Yeah, man. So, oh, so you finally watched the wrestlers, huh? Oh yeah, I, I I thought I had I, I thought I had told you that. Uh, yeah, so so you know a little bit more about that because I'd asked you uh, for some help. Um, so yeah, I, I talked to Al Snow uh, last Friday morning. I had only seen one episode at the time because we had the two games in five days, so you know schedule was a little more than a little hectic. Um, but you know, uh, I think you'll enjoy the interview. So we're gonna play it tomorrow afternoon. Uh, probably in the three o'clock hour, but I haven't made up my mind uh, exactly yet because uh, we got some other things uh, going on. But yeah, he was great, and uh, and the show is really good. I like I don't know any of those wrestlers to be honest with you, Paulie, but I I care so much. Like I, I always have been a care more about like the uh, behind the scenes type stuff than some others. Um, not that I think that's the most important thing. I mean, obviously, all of these guys have to perform, not only wrestlers, but, you know, athletes and whatnot. It's really ultimately about what you perform and doing your job. But I do care about the behind-the-scenes type stuff, so I love shows like that. Yo, listen, you're not really going to know the wrestling. It's regional wrestling, man. It was, the, it was the wrestling we grew up on where you had the Florida Atlantic wrestling and he had the WCW. That, that's what I like about it. You know what I mean? Because I grew up a WCW NWA guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I didn't. Re- I didn't really like the at the time the WWF. It, it just seemed too. It, 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 it that seemed fake to me, and NWA felt like it was real. You know what I mean? So, and that I, that's the feel I got from that show, man. I thought it was an excellent show, man. You know what I mean? If you were a true hardcore wrestling fan, that's a good. It's a good. Showed a good series to watch on Netflix. Mm. You know, what I mean, it, it took me back to my roots. You know, what I mean, that's what I like most about it, man. You know, but um, let me get to some football, man. I hear a lot of crazy things being said, man. What I'm gonna say, you kind of contradicting yourself, but not realizing it. So I'm not saying you contradict. You saying Ron is mediocre, right? At mm-hmm. best, right. But then, you, but but on the, the next breath, you're saying, but it's the player's job to get themselves ready to play and ready, which is true. I'm not gonna disagree right. that. But it's the head coach's job to make damn sure well them players are ready to play and don't come out flat. You know what I mean? Or at home on national TV. If that's the case, you wouldn't have no coaches. The, the head coach's job is to make sure his team is number one prepared. Number two, organized. You know what I mean? And number three, and the, 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 he gets number three right. Because the team plays, regardless of the score, you know what I mean? They, they play from the first quarter to the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. They just don't come out consistently in the first quarter with intensity and a sense of urgency. You know, we they didn't come out with the same intensity and sense of urgency in that Buffalo game. Order, uh, order, um, um, the Chicago game as they did against Philadelphia, game as they did against Philadelphia. Yeah, exactly, and that's a problem. And we've seen this over the course of four years with Ron. Okay, but so let me let let me ask you this: How, if you're Ron, right? Other than going around to all your players as they're loosening up, stretching, you know, as you run into them, what have you, in the locker room, on the field, pregame sideline, this, that, the other thing. How do you make you sure that they're right ready there. to play? Like, like, okay. what is the secret you, you sauce? Right you don't do, you don't do it, you don't do it on the field on warm up. 
This is a throughout the week process. Yeah, but Paulie, they they right? they didn't. Not, I mean, me, they didn't practice. Answer your question. You're not letting me finish. I, well, let I'm let I'm countering. Hold on. It's not about them not practicing. They're in the building each day. You can't you can't have them gun ho on month on Tuesday or Wednesday. That's not gonna work. And, and but, but with that game being on a Thursday, you needed to start it to ramp the things up on Monday and or especially on Tuesday. It's it's, it's a it's a gradual course during the week where you build and you up the intensity. We hear Ron talk, right? When you hear Ron talk on Friday, does he sound like he's talking with a sense of urgency? Or does he sound like he's laid back Ron? Uh, Ron never – Ron, got, to me, never does anything with super urgency. Uh, exactly. And his team takes on the, – the, the team takes on the persona of his head coach. Yeah, I don't disagree and with that's, you. That's what I – and that's what I feel from the team. They take on his persona. You know what I mean? So my thing is, my thing is, is that's my thing. The team takes on the persona of the coach. Well, but but let, never, but but let me never. let me jump in. Let me and just let me counter. What right. should Ron do? Like, what does a like does Pete Carroll scream at players, or does he go around going? You know, and, and like real uppity, like how? Like I don't know if there's like some secret formula that Ron's missing. I don't know if I don't know what it. I don't know what don't he's know missing. Where, what I'm saying is I don't know what Ron techniques are. What I'm saying is, but as of course in the week you're supposed to build up the intensity and the urgency of playing these games, and obviously he doesn't do it. And after four years, whatever he's he, he whatever he think he's doing. He needs. He, I mean, just the last year. I don't. I mean, we, as far as we know, this is the last year. As far as we know, he needs to rethink his strategy. You don't see that happening until late. Uh, I know what I want to say. And here's like another thing. See, we getting caught into this trap too, because you hear him talking about bouncing back against Atlanta and having a good showing. And I heard you saying that and all that. No, man, he's not about just bouncing back and playing well. Have we lost three games in a row? It should it should have been sense of urgency from when he when he woke up Friday morning. We've lost three games in a row. Three. On another losing streak. Once again. In year four, we go through this every year. And you said it yourself, because he's a mediocre coach. Doc said something after that first loss against um, Buffalo. And, and, and I think Dallas had lost that week too. And the next week we came back, we lose to Philly. And after that game, Doc said, see, the good teams don't lose on back-to-back weeks. They find ways to win. And here we are on the three-game losing streak. Now, as far as Sam Howell goes, again, y'all, a lot of people talking crazy. First of all, listen, y'all know how I feel about Kirk. You know how I feel about Kirk. He, he, he chokes in the clutch. Say what you want to say, Rufio. Against good teams or a situation that matters like playoffs, he chokes in the clutch. But I'll say this about Kirk Cousins. He is a professional quarterback. He comes to work. He got his suitcase. You open up his suitcase. There's a football and there's tape of the opposing defense. He's a professional quarterback. All right, so anybody say they'll take uh, Sam Howell over Kirk Cousins right now is, is drink, drinking some silly juice. That's crazy. Kirk is a professional quarterback. If we had to grade these, these quarterbacks on gas, Kirk is 89 with Pat Mahomes being 93. You know what I mean? Kirk is 89 and let it. He's a professional quarterback. I, and, Sam, and Sam right now, Sam is like 80, is, is 87 gas from Exxon. Okay. Meaning it's good gas. It's pretty good gas. 
You know what I mean? But you can and, get by. Better than eighty seven. Yeah. Exactly. It's better from eighty seven from seven eleven. I got you. You know what I mean? I got you. No, we, that that, that analogy makes sense. Yeah, that analogy makes the sense. Excuse it. Yeah. Is there, but we shouldn't be comparing him to any veteran quarterback, yeah. anybody. Well, only, only quarterback we should be comparing him to is first-year starter. That's it. All right, we're going to get into this with uh, – Yeah, thanks for making it. Uh, thank you, Paul. We're going to get more into this with uh, Ross Tucker because, I mean, obviously, you know, the notion of what Sam Howell can be. Again, everybody can see the talent. Everybody can see the light bulb there. The question is, is can you get to there? Can you get to the end of the tunnel? Can you climb the mountain? Everybody can see what's there potentially. And there's no way that anybody truly knows what's going to happen here, but... We can all feel a certain way based on what we've seen, based on what we think, and based on what we know. And I think some of the reaction has been split. I mean, everybody's been all over the place. You know, again, I said, you know, to me, there's elite franchise and then there's good. You know, and I put them at like a five and a half. Maybe that's a little too rich. Maybe that's a little too low. You know, some of you have put them at two, three, four, what have you. Uh, Matt, you had him at a six, right? Uh, just slightly ahead of me. I think that's where you had him. By the way, Kirk Cousins, uh, not that I, again, I I need to continue to defend uh, Kirk Cousins, but he has 28 game-winning drives in his career. Out of 142 starts. You know, I mean, like, it's defined as must be an offensive scoring drive in the fourth quarter overtime that puts the winning team ahead for the last time. You know? I mean, again, it doesn't have to be in the last minute. It could also be with six minutes left, and then they just hang on and win. Like, if you look at the big picture of the Minnesota Vikings, everything around them is broken outside of Kirk Cousins. Now, Kirk has had some mistakes, made some mistakes, and thrown a pick six and thrown an interception at the goal line in week one and against Tampa, and, and I, nobody's saying that Kirk's been perfect. But I, I just don't know how many quarterbacks are perfect. I mean, you watch Patrick Mahomes every week this year. Has he been perfect yet? No. No. Now, we know based on his track record, there's Patrick Mahomes and then there's everyone else. So I'm not trying to compare the two. I'm just trying to say. And by the way, again, Kirk had eight of those so-called game-winning or go-ahead fourth-quarter drives last year. And, you know, 12 in the last two years. Now, I didn't have any this year, which is the problem. Because you really thought he was building on something and then they went splat against the Giants in the playoffs when Daniel Jones ran all over the place and pa- and threw all over the place. Uh, the defense for the Vikings is not very good. The offensive line sucks. They can't literally fumble. They can't wait to fumble the ball. The offensive line stinks. 
I, I mean, there's a lot of problems with the Vikings. By the way, uh, today they signed Sean Mannion uh, to their practice squad. There had been all this speculation, right, because Nick Mullins, who's now going on IR, not Jim Mullins, Nick Mullins, he's hurt. He's going on IR. Last week they had Jaron Hall, who was like a fifth-round pick. They had released Tanner Morgan. And because Colt McCoy worked out with the Vikings yesterday, people were like, oh, this means – no, people. Kirk's got a no-trade clause, number one. Number two, the acquiring team's got to have the cap space. Number three, it's really hard to trade a quarterback that you expect to start right away. He's got to learn the system. And as smart and as hardworking and as diligent as Kirk Cousins is, he's not just going to learn a system and be comfortable in it with all the things quarterback has to do in a week. It's just not happening. It's really hard to see. Again, you can trade a crappy quarterback into a system that he already knows. It's hard to trade a quarterback, an established franchise quarterback, midway through a season to a system he doesn't know. So apparently, again, Colt McCoy's not getting a job for right now. Uh, They signed Mannion to their practice squad. Uh, I guess Jaron Hall will stay on the roster and maybe be the backup for now. And Nick Mullins on IR. So Kirk's not going anywhere. Again, there's a lack of teams also when it comes to Kirk. Where's he going? The Jets? Okay. You have to have, again, the Jets paid a ton for Aaron Rodgers. You've got to have cap room and, and, you know, stuff to send the Minnesota Vikings. I I guess they could make it, but then there's other problems. The Falcons? I heard Sheehan talk about this on my way in. Or maybe a caller called up, I can't remember, and said, maybe the Falcons, his wife's from down there, you know, what have uh, Maybe. But that's why they brought in Taylor Heineke. In case Desmond Ritter doesn't work out. Now, you could say, well, Kirk Cousins is better than Taylor Heineke, better than Desmond Absolutely is. But again, you still have to learn the system. And if Desmond Ritter plays again this Sunday like he did last Sunday, That would maybe solve that problem real quickly. The only other spot that I thought of, and and this may sound crazy. I mean, I don't think they would do it. Cowboys? I mean, you know Jerry thinks outside the box. Dak is a free agent after this year. So is Kirk. Just a thought. Just a thought. 319, Team 980. Take a quick timeout. We'll come back with more of your calls. I see Will in Columbia. I see Jonesy. I see Charlie in Carlitz Park. We'll get to as many of you as we can. Uh, plus, Ross Tucker coming up at the bottom of the hour on the Team 980, always live and free on the Odyssey app.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, let's go right back to the calls. Get as many in as we can here. Let's try Jonesy. Uh, Hopefully he's back with us. What up, Jonesy? How are you? I ain't getting Russell on the radio on the, in the afternoon. Love it, man. Yes, hey, sir. Hey, listen. Look, um, as far as it goes with Sam Howell, man, I, I, I got the faith in the kid, and I'm not trying to put him up there with any of the elite quarterbacks that's up there um, right now, especially not at Patrick Mahomes, man. That's just, that's just crazy. Um, give this guy another season. That's all I'm saying. Just give him another season. But um, and what we need to, yeah, I know this weekend is our, our defense to step up and be better than what they were. I know that much. I need um, the offensive line to come alive and pretty much give him protection so he can throw the ball and also get on bus holes so that we can have a run. I'm tired of hearing about what Atlanta has. I'm, I'm just, I, I want to start hearing about what the possibilities of the things that we can do out there. You know what I'm saying? To try to get this game in. Because it's still early, Chris. It's still early. So I still want us to pretty much um, pretty much be in the hunt for something, at least playoff spot or something. I mean, I, it's not it's not over yet. I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, even though we've lost, what, three games in a row, okay, now let's try to find a few games in a row. Yeah, you know I, I'm saying? with you, Jonesy. Wherever this season ends, I want them to show urgency. And, and, and that's my problem, and, and I want them to show consistent urgency. I don't mean one-game yeah. urgency on the road against Philadelphia where they start off hot and immediately give up a touchdown and then come back and score a touchdown and then lose an over. I want consistent urgency, and I never feel like I get it from this exactly. team. Exactly. We need, we need time of the essence play on every drive, on both defense, offense, Special teams, we got to come with all three phases. Yep, sense of urgency should be coming to every game. Now, I wasn't going to the Philly game. I just found out I was going. So, <laughs> so looking at this thing up close and personal, we need to see a difference, man. Bring some and- cheese whiz with you, baby. <laughs> I sure wiz. <laughs> I-, I don't like cheese whiz. Provolone <laughs> cheese on my, my cheese steak. <laughs> All right, Chris, Thanks, Joji. I appreciate you. Uh, as always, let's get to uh, Will in Columbia before we step aside for Ross Tucker here. What's up, Will? How are you? Hey, what's going on, Rooster? Will, what's going on, baby? 
Man, nothing much. Hey, I was going to talk about Ron's little coaching style, but now you got me on this Kirk Cousins thing. Okay. I just want to know, what has Kirk Cousins won for you to all be in love with him? He didn't win anything here at Washington. Did we win a Super Bowl? No, he won a division. He won a division title, and he won more games than any other quarterback has won here. I mean, but that's not really important, Chris. We're talking about well, winning I, more games than other quarterbacks. I, I mean, it's imp- it's Minnesota, important right? for a franchise that doesn't properly surround its player, you know, its quarterback. Sure, it's important. Okay, yeah, it's no or a, a notable is how I would say. That's the, Clearly, he has not. True, let let true, me just save true. you some breath. Clearly, he has not okay. won enough. Right. the 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 biggest win in his career was on the road against New Orleans. Uh, were they a one seed or a two seed? They were. Coming off a bye, they were virtually considered unbeatable, and they won. Okay, clearly they have not won enough individual playoff games. But as we know, and like I can sit here and defend Kirk until the cows come home. Listen, Kirk deserves some of the. They, they, they he deserves some of the blame. There is no doubt. But I'll I'll tell you, in every one of those games that they've lost, it's also been a systemic failure across the board. Whether it here in Washington or in Minnesota. It's never just that's Kirk Cousins. Game, right? Yeah, but exactly. it's never that's just Kirk I Cousins. Mean, whether they win or lose, whether they win or lose, right. it, the quarterback gets the credit. Okay, so but, but let me let me ask you let, let me let me throw this at you. Justin Herbert, right? Okay. Most of us would consider uh-huh. it Justin Herbert an awesome elite quarterback. It, is he to blame because yes. the, the the Jaguars no. came from behind? And because he hasn't no, won any big games? Not at all. Why? Not at all. Why is he not to blame? Because, you, because we see his talent. We know that he puts points on the board. Oh, so Kirk doesn't, he doesn't have talent? He, the hell he, he, doesn't, he doesn't check down when the situation oh, gets heated. Now, now, everyone knows that. On, that, that hasn't happened one time. Hold on, hold on, Russo. That hasn't happened one time to Kirk. So everybody's like, okay, well, it happened once. So you're telling it's me that Kirk is just Captain, captain Checkdown and never goes down the field to Justin Jefferson? No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. And I'm also saying that when Kirk left to go to Minnesota, they were in an NFC Championship game with, with Pace Keenum before him. He got there, and who did he have to throw to? Adam Thielen and my man Diggs, right? Yeah, Diggs yeah. wanted out of there. Yeah. Why did Diggs want out of there? Uh, because Diggs is a pain in the ass. Uh, okay. Fine, I mean, why whatever. does he want out of Buffalo? Then he got Justin Jefferson to throw. I know, to, right? but he but but Justin Jefferson okay, was like so the 22nd Kirk overall all... pick. I, I okay, mean, it's but, not. But it I mean, it's not like Justin Jefferson, Jefferson had walked in. I know, but it's not like Justin Jefferson walked in as the number one overall pick like Megatron and just dominated from the start. I mean, Kirk deserves some of the credit for developing him, doesn't he? So, not. So are you saying Kirk? So are you saying Kirk developed Justin Jack? Justin Jefferson. So he had. So, so are you saying? So wait, wait are you saying he had nothing to do with JJ's success? Nothing. Not at all. That that would be dumb. I'm not saying that. Okay. But I'm just saying we give Kirk Cousins all this credit, and I'm just like, what has he done? Okay. Hey, what has he done? Will, he hasn't done anything from Minnesota. Well, I, I appreciate you. I got to run, man. It's a good argument. I think you're wrong, but I appreciate you. I, I, I think, I mean, uh, like I just so wish Kirk Cousins could find a way to win a couple of playoff games by himself because apparently that's what you have to do. By himself. The uh, throw for 700 yards. And, and people still find a way to kick him in the onions. I, again. He's got to play better in in those spots. But we're going to ask Ross Tucker whether you could trade Kirk Cousins at some point during the season. I I mean, of course you could. Whether it's realistic or not, we're going to ask him next. Stay tuned for that right here on the Team 980.
The baseball playoffs once again uh, taking center stage on this Wednesday, 5.07, so about an hour and a half from now at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia. Series tied 1-1, Braves and the Phillies uh, as they go back to South Philadelphia for Game 3. Meanwhile, Houston looking for the kill shot up two games to one against Minnesota. 7.07 first pitch and the Arizona Diamondbacks look for the three-game sweep over the Dodgers. 9.07 first pitch and that's what's trending. Oh, baby, a little Eye of the Tiger survivor, man. Used to love, as we always say, when this would blare out at MSG for the Hulkster before he became Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And then also at Capital One Arena when Lars Eller would score a goal, but he no longer plays here anyway. Joining us right now is our Odyssey NFL insider, Ross Tucker. Insider calls are presented by BetQL. Download the free BetQL app right now and get instant access to the industry's most advanced suite of sports betting tools right at your fingertips. So, Ross, I I didn't know this. Matt said uh, he saw you on the Dan Patrick show and something about how you could kick a UFC fighter's ass by playing this song because you like 80s music. What's the story behind that? Well, so so first of all, I do love 80s music, mm. and I think most people love the music from when they were teenagers. Sure. But that's not actually the case for me. I mean, I, I like a lot of songs from the 90s, but I think objectively, I was born in 79, mm-hmm. so my teen years were the 90s, but I'll take the 80s music over the 90s music any day of the week, first of all. Okay. Second of all, what I actually said on the Dan Patrick show, which remains factually correct, is that as long as any song from the Rocky Four soundtrack is playing, and in particular, Eye of the Tiger, there's nobody that could beat me in a fight. Mm. Like, if that song's playing, if I go into the octagon against whoever the champ is, or you put me in uh, a heavyweight boxing ring, as long as Eye of the Tiger is playing, there's no chance I'm losing that fight. None. Wow. What if I put you, uh, I mean, you didn't mention wrestling. What if I put you against Hollywood Hulk Hogan in his prime? Would you, and you played his former ring entry music or The Rock or somebody like that. Would you Would you be able to win that? I'm, tell, I'm just telling you, I I cannot imagine that I would lose a contest of any kind if the Rocky Four soundtrack is playing, and in particular, Eye of the Tigers. I mean, you I name it. the contest. I love it. But in particular, any type of fight or battle, like I'll just never give up. Unless there's it. a gun involved or you kill me, <laughs> I, I, will not, I will not give up. Maybe they should have played that at FedEx Field on Thursday night, Ross, when you and I had to witness the carnage. Uh, it was first, first of all, it was very nice of you to uh, stop by and say hello. I, it's always fun to see you, and I always look forward to that, number one. Uh, so thank you. And number two, I'm sorry you had to bear witness to that. Yeah, that was disappointing um, and, and, frankly, surprising. You know, I, I do the Eagles preseason games on TV and pregame on the radio. So I had just seen obviously what the commanders had done the week before against Philly. And I had come away pretty impressed, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I'd come away thinking 
okay, you know, they're going in the right direction. They're two and two. They, they had the one stinker against the Bills. They lost an overtime game on the road against the undefeated Eagles. Like, both of those are understandable. But to just get smacked in the face like that by the Bears at home, I, I can't even imagine how disappointing it was. I actually happened to walk out after the game with Josh Harris, the owner of the, the Commanders, and that that had to be a bitter pill to swallow for him. He did not seem real happy. I mean, imagine it's a home game, standalone game, prime time, everybody's watching, and your franchise comes out and lays an absolute egg. That's a tough one. That's a tough one to get past. No doubt. Uh, do you know him at, at all from uh, being connected with the Sixers, or was that the first time you had dealt with him? Like, how, how do you know him at all, or no? Not at all. I, mm-hmm. I didn't say hi to him or anything. I just saw him leaving with mm-hmm. like his seven-person entourage <laughs> or whatever. He actually had like a bag of popcorn or something in his hand and was eating it. But yeah, you know, he, did, he didn't look he didn't look real happy. Yeah. And, I don't blame him, right? I mean, it's like your first kind of showcase game mm-hmm. as the owner. And I'll also say this, Chris, and you go to every game, so you know more than I do, but it felt like there was more Commanders fans in mm-hmm. the stands mm-hmm. than I can remember in a sure. while. Absolutely. Like, that's what it felt like. That's what it felt like, at least to me, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to recent years. I mean, I can't believe how many people even bought those those new jerseys, like those mm-hmm. black jerseys they mm-hmm. wore, which, by the way, maybe that's the problem. Maybe they should never, ever wear those jerseys again. Yeah, well, we did a Friday football funeral uh, the day after, and I said, well, they were perfectly and appropriately dressed, you know, because uh, that's what you generally wear to a funeral. So uh, that that was the most disappointing thing to me, Ross, because I saw you again pregame, you know, and, and you could have told me the Bears would find a way to win that game. Oh, okay, whatever. I mean, I wouldn't have believed you, but all right. But to get demolished, to get smashed from minute one, absolutely inexcusable. And if you're Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio, and you're the stewards of this franchise on the field, so on, and Ron's got all the power, and Jack's been here for all four years, and the defense is getting shredded like mozzarella for 32 points a game, like, how do you fix this? I I know the simple answer is fire everybody. I don't think that's what you're going to give me. How would you go about trying to fix this? Well, remember this, and I know this gets lost sometimes. It's only one game. Yeah. And it's by far the worst game for them. And we're about to find out what we see from them against Atlanta on Sunday. I don't really have an explanation, right? Um, Maybe they took the Bears lightly. Maybe it's because they were still – you know, hung over, so to speak, from the overtime loss against Philly. Uh, maybe it's just the short week. And, you know, th- there's a lot of possible explanations for what happened. None of it really matters. Mm-hmm. It's, it's real bad. It's unacceptable. What matters now is how they react to it against Atlanta because – there's a big difference between three and three and two and four. Oh, yeah. I mean, just think like three and three. We always felt like Chris, if if you're three and three, or or better, if you're five hundred or better, you're kind of in the playoff mix, right? Mm-hmm. You get to two and four, 
and you're two games below 500, mm-hmm. now you're kind of in a different category. Especially with four, this this game. Now, maybe it's good for them. This game starts to stretch a four or five on the road. Ross Tucker is with us, our NFL Odyssey insider. He's got a million other jobs. Westwood One, Eagles, as he mentioned, uh, during the preseason, CBS. I mean, I see him all over the place. He's, just, he's a rock star and then some. Uh, and we're just happy to have him on for a couple of minutes here uh, with us on the Team 980. All right. Um, so Jay Gruden, former head coach here, uh, you know, I have him on every Monday. You know, Jay's a good guy. He's, he's got some strong opinions. He said, quote, Sam Howell is making a case to be the franchise quarterback for sure. Now, I define franchise quarterbacks a little bit different than maybe most. You know, I think there's an elite tier. I think there's a franchise quarterback, you know, a a good starter, you know, a bunch of guys fit that mold, but maybe not an elite. How do you define all that? And do you see a big-time light bulb on for Sam, or is it kind of flickering right now? How do you process that out after what you saw in person on Thursday night? Well, I would say I'm encouraged by Sam, Re- really encouraged. And I, I, I would agree with uh, Jay Gruden that I do think the commanders might have their franchise quarterback. Um, I'm not sure that I think that he would be ever be elite, uh, but those guys are really, really hard to get. You know, um, I always say if you have a guy that you believe is a top 15 quarterback, and I, I argue top 20. Because in my mind, if you really go through the top 20 quarterbacks, Chris, mm-hmm. if you have a top 20 quarterback, okay, you have a chance. I mean, you have a chance to go to the playoffs. You have a chance to win some playoff games, maybe even get to the Super Bowl. If you have a really good team, like a Garoppolo type. And the reality is if you have a bottom five quarterback, you have no shot whatsoever. And even bottom 10 it's really, really tough. I think if you get a top 15 to 20 guy, then you hold on to him because you can build around that and the alternative is not acceptable. And that's what I think that it's trending to right now with Sam Howe. Now, mm. there's still some skeptics out there, and I, and I get that. But I guess what I would tell you is if this were year one for Sam Howe, which it essentially is, mm-hmm. Or if Sam Howe were a first-round pick, I think the narrative around him would be people would really be excited. Interesting. I mean, really fired up about him. Mm-hmm. But because it's year two and because he was a fifth-round pick, there's, there's more of a healthy skepticism. Are there areas of his game that he needs to improve upon? For sure. But he sure as heck looks better than Bryce Young does down in Carolina, um, you know, you can go through. He looks a lot better than Zach Wilson ever has. Looks, You know, and I would say, you know, maybe not the other night, but based on their sample size so far, he certainly looked better than Fields did. Fields' first six games or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, he certainly can make the throws. I think he's smart. I think he's tough. Uh, he gives you enough mobility. I think he's accurate. You know, I think the um, the sacks is something that you can improve. I don't know that you can make, uh, you know, he'll ever be someone that doesn't get sacked at all, but I think you can improve. I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged by Sam. 
Uh, I mean, I, I think people are listening to you and going, hell yeah, I, 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 and, and hopeful that you're right on and Jay's right on. And, you know, we've talked, obviously, uh, about the flaws and the good things. I, I definitely think that light bulb is absolutely on. Uh, Ross, I got a million questions for you, but I, I guess just for the interest of time, and I, I can't keep you forever, uh, although I'd like to, uh, I'll ask it one more this way. We were talking before you got on about Kirk Cousins and all these rumors and the speculation that the Vikings might trade him. And I understand why last Last year, the contract, no J.J., uh, they're one and four, all of that stuff. Can you trade a guy like Cousins, even if he was willing to tra- uh, waive his no trade, in the final year of his deal, and even if you could fit him in under your cap and have him actually learn a system fast enough that he's not familiar with, meaning not to San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan or even to Miami and, I guess, Mike McDaniel, can you trade a quarterback like Kirk, as smart and as hardworking and diligent as he is, and expect him to play at a high level, I don't know, in the first two or three weeks that he's there when he doesn't know the system? Well, it's a good question, and um, the answer is yes. Mm. Now, because I've seen it. I, mean, I remember I remember in Washington in 2001, Chris, we signed Kent Graham like, I don't know, week three after, after Marty um, cut our starting quarterback, Jeff George. Mm. And a couple weeks later, Tony Banks got hurt and Kent Graham came in and we won the game. Uh, and, he, and he played well. So what they would do in that situation is, it's not as different as people think it is from team to team. And it would just take a lot of heavy lifting from Kirk that first week to basically translate this language into what he's familiar with. Okay. They would also pare down the game plan pretty significantly. And then they'd build a little bit more in each week. But even if they pare down the game plan, he, he's still reading coverage. And he still has an idea of what the concepts are. And I do think he can play well. Now, would it be as well as he'd play in Minnesota right now with, you know, being there all offseason and everything? Probably not. But I, I, I still think we've seen quarterbacks, you know, Baker Mayfield, didn't he, like, land uh, from yeah. from Carolina to L.A. and yep. he, like, played that night? No, you're right. Well? I mean, you're I right. think these guys can surprise you a little bit. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I guess I think back to 2018 when Mark Sanchez got here and he knew the system to some degree, but, you know, they could only run like a, uh, you know, like a small package of plays even, you know, 10 days later or whatever it was. And everybody thinks it operates uh, differently. One last one for you, Ross. 49ers demolished Dallas. We all know that they're the best. Uh, I think we all know that th- they're the best team in the NFC. I would argue, of course, the best team in the NFL, whatever. Uh, that'll all get settled on the field. Are they scheme dependent? Are they talent dependent? Or are they Brock Purdy slash quarterback dependent in your eyes? Or is it just all three mixed? Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they're dependent. I mean, I, I would say out of those, Equations, I would say they're most Brock Purdy dependent. Mm, I agree with because you. Because he is he's operating that offense at a really, really high level. And I just don't picture Sam Darnold doing that. You know, and maybe he did, and maybe I would love to see that. Like if, if Sam Darnold can play that really well, then that really is a, a feather in Kyle Shanahan's cap. But I, I kind of believe Sam Darnold can kind of play like this or play that that at this high of a level like Purdy is if I saw it. 
Love it. Love it. I, I'm totally with you. I, I guess more like I, I'm like, hey, man, if, if Christian McCaffrey and Trent stay healthy and Ayuk and D, Debo and Kittle, you know, then it's probably about the sum of the parts because they have some unbelievable talent. But I think and I love Kyle Shanahan covered him, for, you know, for four years, you know, obviously the whole dad thing. I, I know how smart he is. It's just like the system hasn't didn't work for Trey Lance. The system didn't work for Nick Mullins. The system didn't work for John Beck. You know, it, it doesn't work for everybody. Brock Purdy is making it accelerate, uh, and and so that's why I'm with you, Ross. Uh, always great to catch up with you. Uh, where are you at this weekend? Just so everybody can uh, find you. Yeah, I got a doubleheader again. I'm doing Georgia at Vanderbilt noon Saturday on okay. CBS, which is awesome. Beautiful. The number one ranked Bulldogs. And then Sunday night, I'll be in the booth for Westwood One for the Giants and the Bills. Atta boy, that's a hell of a weekend. And you get some Buffalo wings, too. There you go. My guy. Thank you, Ross. Great to see you last week. I'll catch up with you real soon, okay? Likewise, Chris. See you, buddy. There you go. That is uh, Odyssey NFL Insider Ross Tucker. Insider calls are presented by BetQL. Download the free BetQL app right now and get instant access to the industry's most advanced suite of sports betting tools right at your fingertips. Uh, thanks to uh, our friends at Odyssey for hooking that up. Thanks to Ross Tucker. Great spot. We'll take a quick time out. Dumb, dumb of the day to come back and wrap it up. All right, once again, thanks to Ross Tucker. Great spot with him. If you missed any of it, hit the Odyssey Rewind feature to 3.33 or so. So many good things there. Uh, and uh, coming up tomorrow, Connor McMichael, I think about 1.30 from the Capitals, and Al Snow, legendary professional wrestler and star of Netflix's Wrestlers. Uh, so we'll have that for you tomorrow. But now, you know what time it is. Let's do it. It's time for Dumb Dumb of the Day. Earlier, we had Justin and Richmond make fun of the fine people in West Virginia. I did not make fun of them. Justin and Richmond did. But now I'm going to make fun of somebody in Western Virginia. Or West Western Virginia? West Virginia. <clears throat> 32-year-old Chelsea Rohrbrr of Clarksburg, West Virginia. On social media, on TikTok has 99,000 followers. My goodness. Well, what she started doing during the pandemic and what she is in the process of doing right now is taking problems, issues that her followers have and express to her and covering her body, her legs, and other parts with tattoos of their problems. Yes. Yes. So here's the deal. Again, she started this at the beginning of the pandemic. She had an original goal of covering herself before the start of 2023. The trend started blowing up. She's got tattoos of, you know, that could range anywhere from domestic violence, obviously serious child abuse, unsolved murder victims, mental health symbolizing, whatever. She's like, you know, she says she wakes up and makes me feel good that she has positions in her life and whatever. She has 376 tattoos plus, and that's just on her lower body, 376 plus a number of personal tattoos to her on the upper half of her body. And she thinks she can get 150 more. She now listen, said it already. <laughs> now listen, 
There's some good causes on there. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to diminish that. I, I believe in a lot of good causes. I love Best Buddies. I, you know, anything with Down syndrome, type one diabetes, uh, anything with the American Heart Association, cancer. I, you know, kids. I'm all for it. You know, uh, what what the hog farmers do and the charitable foundation they do. Uh, great work. I'm all for it. I try and do anything. I ain't putting 376 tattoos on my body. And still saying that I have about 150 more to come. Not doing it! She's from West Virginia. That might explain it, or it might not. Congratulations. You're Chris's dum-dum of the day. I mean, again, some good causes there. I'm not... I'll donate money. I'll donate time. I ain't donating ink on my body. No thanks. No thanks. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks to Ross Tucker again, our Odyssey NFL insider. Thanks to all of you guys on the phones. Matty Ice on the other side of the glass. Craig Hoffman coming up next. We'll see you back here again tomorrow, Thursday at 1. Connor McMichael and Al Snow will be our guests, plus you. Have a great Wednesday afternoon. Hoffman next on the Team 980. Adios. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.